Welcome to Drivers of Disruption, a show covering the latest advancements in the future of mobility, current challenges, and potential solutions moving forward. I'm your host for today's episode, Ali Medak, and the topic for today's episode is extremely timely, tech talent in mobility companies. I'm very excited for our two guests that are joining us today. Our first guest is Matthias Ulbrich, a technology expert in the automotive industry with leading positions at Porsche, Volkswagen, Audi, and Seat. Currently, he is the CEO of Porsche Digital and CIO of Porsche. Founded in 2016, Porsche Digital is the technology and digital hotbed within Porsche. Its mission is to discover and scale new digital business models and optimize existing products to meet today's consumers and future consumers exactly where they're headed. Their headquarters is in Ludwigsburg, but they have offices in nine locations around the world. Palo Alto, Atlanta, Barcelona, Berlin, Zagreb, Tel Aviv, Shanghai, and Beijing. So they clearly, um, when we're talking global tech talent, are at the front and center of that. Matthias, welcome to today's episode. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. So excited to have you. Our second guest today is Steph Madner, an associate partner at McKinsey who focuses her work on organizational performance transformation, specifically within technology companies. She's a prolific author on this topic and has recently published articles on talent market dynamics pre and post pandemic, how they're changing, and specifically about how mobility companies can retain tech talent and maintain tech talent in today's ever-evolving world. Steph, so great to have you. Uh, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ali. It's wonderful to be here. Amazing. Steph, I was looking at the news this morning before coming online. And of course, I mean, every single headline today is around a tech company laying people off. Um, but all of my, you know, my friends who are in school still, they're talking about you know, coding and these jobs of the future all being around digital technology. There's just so much going on. Can you, you know, help us make sense of this a little bit? Tell us about what those current things are transpiring in the in the um, technology industry. Absolutely. There definitely are a lot of forces at play these days and high profile layoffs are, are definitely hitting the news. But let's sort of take back, take a step back and think about how these all fit together. Attracting and retaining top digital talent has become a top priority across industries and continues to be the case. And the disconnect between supply and demand endures despite these recent layoffs. Um, so just last month in February 2023, there were 230,000 unfilled tech jobs in the US. And the US uh, unemployment rate for these tech jobs continues to be uh, well below that for the national average across industries. So there still is, you know, there's, there are still a lot of organizations eagerly seeking to attract uh, tech talent. And, you know, some, some other facts to, to help contextualize what's going on. You know, a, a zip recruiter, a recent zip recruiter survey found that of these people that are, are being laid off, almost 80% of them are finding a new job within three months. So there continues to be demand for this talent. 
And the challenge for many of the incumbent organizations, or as you think about different industries that haven't traditionally attracted this tech talent, is how do they get themselves out in front of this talent and get them thinking about them? Mm -hmm. How are they appealing to the unique needs and preferences of this highly coveted talent? And I'm excited to talk a little bit today about that uh, and how can how can that apply to the incumbent automotive players as they think about building new businesses uh, and attracting and retaining the talent they need to be successful. That's a perfect segue, actually, talking about incumbents becoming disruptors to Matthias. Uh, Porsche is such an iconic company. And you as the leader of Porsche Digital, I mean, what an amazing opportunity. Can you talk a little bit about the genesis behind the decision to launch Porsche Digital and a little bit more about the journey to where you guys are today? Yeah, sure. Uh, if you look at uh, digital technology, you can see there's a, a real power in it uh, to really change things like uh, business models. There's a disruptive power on that. And and so we thought in 2016, it's it's very important for us to have this knowledge within our company. So, but as well, not only within our company, but building as well um, a surrounding, a company by itself that really serves the needs of digital experts, like digital software developers, uh, and that because you can't do that in a production company like Porsche AG. So it's better to have a, 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 a whole company that is dedicated to software and digital technology. And uh, the other reason you just mentioned that is that we're not uh, looking only for Germany, but as well to be in the markets like China, like US, and, and as well in digital hotspot like Tel Aviv, where you find the passion for cybersecurity. You can't find it any at any place in the world like you have it in Tel Aviv. So we decided really to have an international company with a network, with the best digital experts, and that helps, of course, to bring better solutions to our customers right now because we are really dedicated to, to find the best solution for our customer. It's fascinating. You mentioned the different locations and why Tel Aviv, the cybersecurity hotbed of tech talent there. It's also, I would imagine, a very hard model to, to manage so many different types of talent across such a large number of time zones. Can you tell us even more about the decision to invest in those different markets and you know how what that journey looked like? I imagine maybe you started in Germany and then branched outward, but can you tell us a little bit more about the decisions yeah, and the process sure. behind that? Yeah, we started here in Germany, so really uh, like an innovation hotspot where we can really try out things uh, on, with digital technology to, to try out new business models. Uh, but then we decided very early in 2018 that we really need to dedicate our power to, to solutions that brings value to our customer, not only mm -hmm. innovation, but really value. And so we, we found out as well that we need, for example, if you look for China, there's a totally different digital ecosystem that we have to learn more about this digital ecosystem in China and that we have a that we need a very close collaboration as well with uh, tech giants like Google, Apple and in, in Palo Alto and Silicon Valley so that we have a close collaboration because we believe uh, collaboration is one of the most uh, crucial factors to be successful. 
Uh, it's it's mm. so important to have a good link between business and IT, but as well with IT and, and other partners like, as I mentioned, Google or in China, other partners like Alibaba or uh, other big players, because we learn so, so much about what technology can do when we are, have this close collaboration. And, and, and this is for us very important to be on the right hotspots and have this close collaboration. But as well here in Germany, with the business areas like production, like uh, sales and marketing, like uh, R&D, and only in this close collaboration, uh, we call it a digital family, we can really bring uh, the solution to the market. Yeah, I love that. You're in those markets with those customers, with those collaborative partners. Yeah. No better way to do business than to truly understand them and their ecosystem. That's uh, very interesting. Uh, the other thing then that, that makes me think of is what are the differences that you're seeing? Like when you're thinking about tech talent, the skills they have, what they're looking for in an employer, do you see a lot of differences between the China market, the U.S. market, the Israeli market, the Croatian market, or what are the commonalities? And then what are those those regional nuances that you're seeing as you think about the talent? Yeah, well, everything starts with Porsche, of course. And Porsche has a good uh -huh. environment, good products, uh, great people that work for Porsche. So this is uh, something that really attracts the talent to work yeah. on on things together with other people that really matter. And, and that brings a solution. You have the newest technology, so you have the possibility to work with totally different technologies that we can mm -hmm. use uh, in all, all different places in the world. And, and, and this, of course, is a, a huge factor that really attract people to, to work with Porsche. And, of course, we, we can, um, if you look at the product, uh, the production process, uh, R&D, uh, sales and marketing, there are so many opportunities where you can really bring a good solution to the market uh, that this is really a very important thing where people really feel that their work matters. And, and this is, of course, a very important uh, yeah, factor for most people to, to work with Porsche. Yeah, the mission, right? Like what actually gets you up in the morning, makes you excited, makes you yeah. feel like you're investing in something. Exactly. Um, and yeah. Steph, Steph, you've done some recent research on this, I believe, right? I think this is going to be covered in an upcoming article of yours around what is it that um, tech talent is looking for? Can you share a little bit more about, you know, those leaders who are recruiting tech talent, who are really good at that? what they're doing to attract those um, those employees? Absolutely. And when we think about attracting talent, and this is cross industries, cross talent profiles, mm -hmm. we start by talking about something called the employee value proposition. And this goes beyond how much am I getting paid and what am I doing specifically? This is actually thinking about who are the people in the organization? What is the company that I'm working for? What is the whole package? We touched a little bit on purpose earlier. It's, it's beyond the traditional go-to pieces. When I talk to folks about this topic, a very common response is we can't attract this talent because we can't pay them what the big, big folks are doing. Our research revealed that, yes, compensation is important. No big surprises or shockers there. But it is not the only important factor influencing the decision of this talent to choose where to work. Right up there, very close, 
uh, and sometimes, you know, in, in a leading position is the ability to grow and career development. And so as organizations are thinking about attracting their talent, my encouragement is to think beyond compensation. Yes, it is important, but no, it is not enough. And so thinking about whether there are opportunities for mobility, whether they're uh, both within a geography, rotating across different parts of the organization, not only does that benefit the talent, they get to work on a cool new product or um, problem, but also it benefits the organization because you're breaking down silos, you're building greater connections between parts of the organization, solving new problems that you may not even have, have noticed. Uh, as you think about organizations that are now setting up these different geographic hubs, that also opens up the potential for that being a distinctive part of your employee value proposition. You come work for us. You work on really cool problems. You have the opportunity to move and grow with us. That was one of the biggest overlooked factors when people were thinking about how do I attract this highly coveted talent? So, Matthias, I'd love your perspective. You know, this is the research we've done from the outside in, thinking about your experience. You know, how, do, how does this resonate with how you attract and retain this highly coveted tech talent in your organization? Yeah, I think it, it really fits to your research because we see that people really are motivated most by uh, the job that they're doing, the people that they are working with. And that's the reason why we already introduced uh, several years ago um, agile ways of working because you can take more responsibility to the team and to each individual so they can really affect uh, the solution that they would like to develop. And, and this is a close collaboration, what I meant before. You need this collaboration between business and IT to bring the best uh, value and the best solution to the customer. And, and, and this, of course, is a motivation factor as well. If you can see that something is happening, that you can influence it, that you're not only programming something that you don't see anymore, but you can really decide what is the best solution for the customer together with the business area. And, and this is, for me, one of the biggest advantages that we have in Porsche Digital and Porsche IT, because we have, of course, people that work within the Porsche AG that are focusing on processes while the Porsche digital people are more focusing on the on the solutions for the customers. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect fit as well, that we have this collaboration worldwide. Absolutely. And you've touched on another piece of the research, which is really connecting employees to the meaning and purpose of the work and being able to see it and, and see it through. I've worked really hard on something. Where's all my hard work ending up? creating that connection between the end user and the person who's who's back there coding um, late at night trying to make it all make it all work um, and and thinking about the different ways that you can you can do that um, totally resonates on your journey to build out the, your tech organization can you tell us a little bit about some of the learning steps along that way I think it's easy once it's built to say these are the things we know now but just looking back, um, what sort of advice would you have for yourself from that early point? Yeah, as I mentioned, we started like an innovation lab. Uh, so trying things out with uh, a new technology and thinking about what can we do with blockchain, for example. So we came from the technology perspective. And after a while, we thought it might be better to really look at the customer perspective. What is the benefit that we can really 
deliver. And, and that was a huge change in, in 2018. So we, we are not only looking on, on innovation, but really delivering solution to our customers. And then we decided to, to go abroad as well, having all the different locations so that we have more a closer look at what is really mattering in the different markets. As I tell, told you, China and US are the biggest markets. So we need to be close there. And that uh, that was an important step, of course, as well in the perception of Porsche Digital internally. So we, we got a better collaboration as well. And we could uh, improve the collaboration with all the business areas. And that was a big uh, step in the right direction right now. So we started uh, four years ago with this approach uh, with, you can say, about 30 people. Right now we have more than 450 worldwide. And this really shows that this is really an attractive model uh, to work with Porsche, but as well get, getting the best solution for our, our markets and, and um, for our customers. Wow, that's amazing growth. 30 people too. I think some of the numbers that I had seen were around 470. That's that's really incredible. Um, you guys have definitely figured out uh, the way to, to not only find and communicate and talk to these people, but also attract and retain them, which is huge. And Steph, that makes me think for you, what advice do you have for the executives listening today who, who want to be like a Matthias and grow their digital organizations? What are the, the short-term things that they can do, the low-hanging fruit, if you will? And then what are some of those longer-term plays, investment strategies that maybe they should think about as they seek to build their organizations? So in thinking about your tech talent strategy, I think there's a need to, to get creative and go beyond what you've always done. And so there are a few different ways that we're seeing organizations play with this. Coming together and bring together a diverse team, business leaders, HR leaders, across different parts of the talent function to make decisions quickly so they can experiment and learn. You're trying to build a new business. You're trying to attract new talent. You've got to learn and quickly figure out what's working, what's connecting with the people that you're seeking to hire and what's not landing. This is also powerful because this talent is highly coveted. I think we've touched on that a lot. They got lots of offers. You need to make decisions quickly. You need to have the people in the room who can make those decisions fast. So I think building some, you know, it can, it can be something called a talent win room is, is often a word that's thrown around, but bringing together the key decision makers so you can move with speed is, is a key enabler. Then what does that group do? Coming back to the employee value proposition, it's time to reimagine it. You're looking for new talent. You know what they care about. It's time to experiment with new job descriptions to see what's landing with this talent and th rethinking the whole interview process. The old way was, come on in, we're having an interview. I'm evaluating you to see if you're good enough for me. The tables have turned. There is a different power dynamic. The effective organizations are seeing cultivation from interaction number one. When we talk about the things that people care about, purpose, meaning, career development, caring people leaders, that should be infused in every interaction so that it's not just once the person has been given the offer that you switch into sell mode. You're, you're seeking to invite this talent to your organization from the outset because that is what everyone around them is doing. So I think that rethinking, that breaking down some of the, 
the old ways of working is a key enabler. Uh, Steph, one other thing that I uh, think is really interesting is in your research too, you looked at why people leave versus why they say they plan to leave their employer. So as we think about the challenges of an organization seeking to retain its talent, that that is really interesting to me is the reason why people actually end up going is not necessarily the reason why they initially plan to leave. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So when we look at tech talent, we want to think about what are the reasons that you're choosing to stay? Because that's based on a certain information. You're in the organization. You know what it's like there. Mm -hmm. As you start to look out to other organizations, you're doing it based on incomplete uh, information. And so we often see people say, hey, I think I'd leave. If you paid me more money, you could probably pull me away. But in practice we see it's actually opportunities to grow and develop. That is the real reason why people leave. So right up there, reinforcing what I mentioned earlier, career development and compensation are both very important elements of the decision-making criteria. But in the conversations I have, there's definitely one that overpowers the other. And my encouragement to organizations is to think about both of these, not just in attracting talent, It's not just about writing a great job description, having a really compelling interviewer and making the case for this great uh, capability building and career journey within. If reality doesn't line up to it, that talent's going to leave and you're going to be much worse off than if they never came because they're going to tell all their mates Mm -hmm. that that this place, uh, it it doesn't hold up to its promise. And so I think thinking about capability building not only in and career development, not only in the development process and the attraction, but also throughout the journey of the talent and the retention. So it's, it's, it's a great thing because it benefits the organization as well. This technology is constantly changing and growing. You need talent that wants and seeks to be at the cutting edge. And so creating those opportunities, uh, I think it's, it's a very synergistic uh, for the talent and for the organization as a whole. Got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Matthias, yeah, I'm curious for your reactions to that too. I mean, clearly you guys have grown so rapidly. You figured out something about retaining talent, but I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of challenges too that you're facing. I'm curious for your reactions to that and then also, you know, how you're thinking about what, what are the hurdles on the horizon ahead for you and how you're thinking about addressing those? Yeah, I think really that personal development is really a, a very important factor as well. So we founded, for example, the Digital Academy as well to really serve the needs of our digital talents so that they can really get the, the best um, possible courses about new technology, but as well the ways of working and in, in SAFE, for example, um, because agile ways of working have more power to those people and, and of course, more responsibility as well. And they need to learn how to, to tackle this at, uh, this advantages and as well this challenges. And um, we believe that this is a very important factor. So to, to have really clear career paths and really support the people by their further development within the company. Uh, a totally different aspect is as well, but it's uh, it's as well learning is that you can really change the perspective. So you can learn a new technology because we are working with so many different technology companies within our company and we can really um, move as well 
in the business areas. So you can work at the car or you can work at the dealer side. You can work for the customer. Mm -hmm. You can work within the production. So, so many opportunities where you can really learn as a software developer and, and, and have a di totally different field of action. And that makes it more attractive to more people uh, within our company to really have this movement and not working 10 years at the same same level, for example, or same same topics, uh, but really have the opportunity to to change your perspective and learn more about the company, about the society, and about technology. I feel like that's especially powerful too as an incumbent, um, because I think you know incorrectly, some people might have this view that the incumbents are these these old slow moving giants. But what you're explaining is actually something completely opposite that I can come in and I can start as a digital engineer on the car and get really deep into that. But then after a few years, you know, uh, we talk, we hear a lot about like the, the new generations having an itch to try new jobs after every couple of years, stay with us. You already know us, you like us, we've got career develop development for you to go to the dealer side, to go to partnerships, to go to these other areas of the business. So you're always within the family, but you're getting to grow and develop. The, the digital, I'm just curious, the digital academy that you mentioned, is that open only to those in the tech track? Or are you also looking at ways to upskill maybe non-tech employees with tech skills who might be interested in making that transition as well? Yeah, no, this digital academy is open for everybody within our Porsche family. Because it's so important to have this digital mindset, not only on the tech talent uh, side, but, mm -hmm. but as well in the business side. You, you, you have to learn what tech can can really change in, in your daily work. And uh, it's not only by delivering solutions, but as well by using solutions. So that as well was the reason why we founded Porsche Digital, to really have an environment mm -hmm. that really fits the needs of software developers and other digital experts. Uh, and, and if you look, for example, for AI solutions, you have a totally different approach because you need even more close collaboration between business and IT to really understand how you can learn or you can uh, get the AI doing the right things on, on the business need and, and not only on a, from a technical perspective, but really looking at the business problem and how you can solve it or how you can really support the business expert by having an uh, AI that really supports his needs. And, and this is very interesting to see what you can do there in, the, in this really near collaboration between business and IT. Yeah, I bet. Because I, I imagine that's the other tricky thing is how do you get maybe native tech, native digital speakers, if you will, um, collaborating with other aspects of the business who don't necessarily have that skill set. How do you marry those two? And then also for non-tech roles, how do you equip them with the technology that they need to go into to do their jobs at that next level? How how is Portia thinking about that? What what does that journey look like to start to really integrate these two sides of the business? Challenges, um, successes you guys have had. Yeah, well, um, as I mentioned, we, we are really uh, focusing on, on agile ways of working, bringing teams mm -hmm. together, business and IT, uh, that looking at the, the opportunity or the challenge that we have, the problem that we have to solve, and, and, and um, being creative to find the best solution. And I think this is very mm -hmm. important that we have, let's say, um, 
a, a, a partnership between IT people, digital people, and the business people. And only if you look as one team on, on, on this um, problem or the challenge or what you would like to achieve in the, in the future, then you can achieve the best results. If you feel like one family, like one team that has one aim, and, and this is working quite well in the, in the Porsche family or in the Porsche culture, because we have this inspiring culture. Uh, we, were, we are a winning team. We, we're looking for the best solution. As you look in the past, uh, Ferry Porsche once said, um, I couldn't find the sports car that I would like to have, so I built it by myself. And this is a little bit the culture that we have to really looking at the best solution and, and finding a way how we can achieve that. I love that. Uh, and I also love the use of family. I was uh, reading, around, reading about Portia um, over the weekend and I saw, I think, the uh, one of your board members use the hashtag digital family. Um, right, a lot yeah. when talking about the organization. And so yeah. I think that's so great because it just, it all sinks back into that mission, right? You have the ability to, to be an entrepreneur within this iconic organization that that's I have, perfect, I mean, right? who yeah. doesn't know and love Portia. Yeah. yeah. There's so yeah, much that's to the be best, excited the about. The job you can have uh, in the <laughs> IT business. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure because I... we have so great colleagues <laughs> and so great people that we are working together. Perfect. I I agree. So tell me, I mean, I feel like there's so much to be excited about as the head of Porsche Digital. What an amazing job. What is the thing that you're most excited about as you look towards the future for the company? So, well, when, when I looked at the at the past, so we, we were, a, let's say, a normal company. But right now, as you said already, uh, we have this hashtag digital family. Everybody is looking in this direction. And uh, when when I started here, there was a big gap between business and IT, and we closed that gap. And right now we have the power really to, to achieve a lot of uh, better things that we have achieved in the past. And we are looking to attract more people. So we have right now more than 1,000 open positions for technical uh, experts, not only in IT, but as well in other areas. But we would like to have really this, uh, this approach to the future so that we can really get the best tech experts to have the best solution for our customers. Amazing. Very exciting. Um, Steph, Matthias, thank you so much for your time today. Before we close, I would love to just pause and see if you guys have any closing thoughts for the tech talent listening, for other executives looking to recruit their tech talent, for incumbents looking to disrupt their organizations and become more digital. Any final advice, words of wisdom, or closing thoughts you have? And maybe Steph, I'll turn it to you first, and then Matthias, over to you. So we've talked a lot today about how to attract and retain tech talent to deliver on these new business models. And a lot of organizations and, and our discussion is focused on the talent that already exists. For organizations thinking at their three to five year talent strategy, I encourage organizations to think ahead, what is the talent that I'll need in the future, which just opens up the solution space for what you can do to create that talent. You've got an upskilling journey with your digital academy. Currently, it's serving existing employees. What is the potential for, for those types of tools that you have to build new pipelines of talent for the future? Thinking about existing talent that could 
grow into the into fill the jobs of the future. And I think that's a really powerful lever that requires foresight in order for it to work. It takes time. It's not as quick as a three-week interview process. But as we think about the long-term solution, solving this disconnect between demand and supply, building folks that are really invested in the organization, some of which are likely already in your in your company today, how do you equip them with the skills for the future? Mm-hmm. I encourage organizations to think about how that could play into their talent strategy. Yeah, it sounds like the Digital Academy is one way that Porsche is doing that, which I think is fascinating. Matthias, your thoughts? Yeah, I think the, the most important thing about technology is that you not think first about technology, but think first about people. And and some people are missing this uh, topic or a little bit this objective because uh, you can do a lot of things with technology, but if you are losing the perspective on the customer or on the employee, you will mm-hmm. never get a good solution. So it's so important that you focus on people you focus on the customer side, but as well internally on, on the employee side, that you can really give the best tools to your uh, organization, to the people that work in your organization, that you have the best tools for the software developers, for example, and then you can get the best solution that you would like to have. I love that. What great closing closing words. Uh, Matthias, if I had to sum up what I've heard from you today, it's all about the people, the mission, the customers and delivering on those three things. If you focus on those three things, you you can't go wrong. No, that's right. <laughs> Lovely. But it's not Perfect. that well, wonderful. <laughs> it's not that easy. That's right. Yes. Um, comment. What is the saying? Common sense, not common practice. Uh, much <laughs> right. much easier said than done. But sounds like Porsche is uh, Porsche Digital is doing an amazing job at, at leading on this difficult challenge. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for your time. Thank you.